It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The hockey world was taken by shock when they fired their head coach, who had been their head coach for six seasons, six winning seasons, six very winning seasons. They made the playoffs every year. Why did they fire him? Where is he going to end up? Who will they replace him with? Does one star player want out? And will the other one retire, go back, or come to the enemy, the arch-rival Montreal Canadiens. We're going to talk about it on the SICK Podcast. I'm Marinero. Jimmy Murphy from Boston Hockey Now is coming up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The SICK Podcast. With Tony Marinero. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. I'm Marinero, the Sick Podcast, brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense, like me, by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacage where we're going to have our draft party, by the way, which I'll talk to you about in a second. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. I'm going back on July 7th for the sickest draft party to ever make its way to Montreal Thursday, July 7th. Stay tuned. It's going to be between, of course, the sick podcast with Tony Marinero and Lacage. More details to follow. The Boston Bruins took the hockey world by shock. Then again, they didn't. Because when it comes to Boston, you can expect the unexpected. But they fired head coach Bruce Cassidy after six very successful seasons. So where am I going? I'm going straight to Boston. He's been covering the Boston Bruins for a very, very long time. He even covers their arch rival uh, Montreal Canadiens. Jimmy Murphy, welcome to the Sick Podcast. What's going on? Not much, my man. I'm a, well. I shouldn't say not much. A lot of things are going on. Not yeah. much in my life, but a lot. Well, hold on a second. Through. If not much is going on, goodbye. See you later. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not much in my life. I should say I'm stationary for once. It's uh, it's been a crazy year, but uh, yeah, with the Bruins, man, it is. I mean, 
You know what? I, I, I feel like I have the last two weeks, even maybe let's say three to four, have been more busier than when the Bruins were playing for me yeah. and for anyone covering the Bruins because it has been a roller coaster since the Bruins ended their season and got knocked out by the Carolina Hurricanes. So let's talk about the firing of Bruce Cassidy, all right, who was an assistant with the Bruins in 2016, 2017. He then ended up taking over for Claude Julien when he was relieved of his duties. And in taking over in the final 27 games, he had a 685 winning percentage, lost in the round one. The following season, a 683 winning percentage, lost in round two. The year after that, 652 lost in the finals. The year after that, 714 lost in round three. The year after that, 652 lost in round two. And this past season, 652 winning percentage. And of course, they lost to the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs. I just take a look at the numbers the winning percentages, those seasons, those six seasons. And I ask you, Jimmy Murphy, is this a joke? Unfortunately, uh, you know, for the Bruins and their fans, it's not a joke. And it's kind of a repeat of things we've seen so many times in the past. And look, Tony, uh, you and I are on the same age. We can go back to the days when the team president of the Boston Bruins, Cam Neely, was a player and yeah. Harry Sinden was the GM. And, you know, those teams that Cam Neely played on were always just sort of one or two players short, right, of always making it over the top and, and, and getting over that hump to win a Stanley Cup or uh, just come close every year. And, uh, you know, what's scary to me, and I, a lot of people in Boston agree, is that Cam Neely has now become Harry Sinden. Uh, Cam Neely is now an extension of the Jacobs family. And he's going to make decisions based on their agenda and not necessarily on the, uh, the team's best interest to make it to the Stanley Cup and win that trophy, which, you know, look, they've only won once since 1972. You know, the, the Bruins are lucky that they're in Boston and this has been such a great sports city for the last 20 years. They've got caught up into that and become part of it. But when the truth be told, what have they really done in the last 20 years Compared to whoa, 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 whoa. I, I hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. I don't think that's fair. Now, you're closer to the situation than I am, but on the surface, Jimmy Murphy, I know this the Boston Bruins in the last, uh, what is it, 11 years have gone to three Stanley Cup finals. I understand they that. won one Stanley Cup, they lost the other final in six, and they lost the other final in seven. I mean, look, they won a cup, it could have been none. It could have been three. How many teams do you know have made it to three uh, Stanley Cup finals in the last 11 years, not named the Tampa Bay Lightning? None. Well, I agree. And I mean, for I, you to I, say, I, what have they it, done? It, it, look, I, think I respect. No, it, it's not about that. Look, I respect what they've done. And I think it's great what they've done there. But what I don't like is the way that when they don't get to that point where they're knocking on the door for the Stanley cup final, or they're in the conference final, or they're there in the final that all of a sudden they just look at the coach instead of the players or instead of the GM that, that, you know, put that roster on the ice and, and the coach did what he could with that. And going back to how we started this conversation, you ran off the record of Bruce Cassidy there. 
look, man, I mean, let's look at let's look at the rosters he's had, and then let's look at some of the the challenges that he, he's overcome. I mean, this season, halfway through this season, Bruce Cassidy and the Boston Bruins were not looking good. They were almost on the verge of being outside of the playoffs. And then Cassidy said, you know what? I'm going to switch this up. And he deserves credit for that. And I don't think he's getting it right now. All right. I, I think I understand your point that they probably don't trust the process. Yes. Uh, but I think you're wrong. And I'm going to no. tell you why. Okay? All right. Let me hear it. It's going to make it for a good conversation. Good. Paul Julian was their coach for how long? He was there for what? 11 years? I think he was there for nine and a half. If memory nine serves me well, I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. Bruce Cassidy was there for six and a half. All right. So in the last 16 years, they've had two coaches. All right. There are teams that have gone through four coaches, five coaches, and six coaches in the last 16 years. Okay. They've gone through two. I think they've trusted the process. They just have second guessed the coach a lot, but they made the coach continue but they still second-guessed them. And I think you answered my question before because when a coach puts together seasons like Cassidy put together with those winning percentages and you fire him and it has a lot of people scratching their heads, at that point you ask the question, right? Um, Did he have it out with one or more of his star players? Mm -hmm. Did he have it out with Don Sweeney? Did he have it out with Cam Neely? Or was it all of the above? Are you saying that it was just Cam Neely? No, I'm going to say that it was uh, it was A and it was C. It was uh, some of the players. Wow. For sure. For sure. And and then it was Cam Neely. What, what I think happened pardon here. Me, pardon me. That surprises me, by the way, because his star players produced under him. Did they not? They did. But I, I, I think that a, well, look, as we're going to say in the most recent season, he wasn't on the team. Uh, but he was there for a while under Cassidy. And that's David Krejci. And it's no secret that those guys did not meet eye to eye. And, and, and David Krejci forever wanted to play with David Pasenak. And it didn't happen as much as he would have liked. Uh, and then he saw Cassidy switch the lines up and move Pasta down to line two. And he looks at, oh, that's Eric Collard. But that could have been me. Why couldn't it have been me more? And David Krejci let it be known in some tweets and Instagram posts that, you know, oh, that would have been nice if maybe I could have played with Pasta more. So that that definitely cemented a seed in doubt around Cassidy. I, I know that for a fact. And, you know, Cam Neely, from what I'm told, never really met eye to eye with Bruce Cassidy. And it's very ironic, but not so ironic, that he never really met eye to eye with Claude Julian. And it, it, it seemed like that Neely has always been sort of doing things on or trying to do things on his own. Uh, but then the GM that was in place couldn't allow him to do that because they were winning. And so anytime that Neely has a window to ask that coach that he's in agree with, we saw it in 2015 with Cole Julian, he does it. And this was all Cam Neely. This is a power trip. What happened here? And this was a power move by Cam Neely. One of the Boston Bruins get rid of Cam Neely. Because he is very tight with the Jacobs. And he's also a legend in Boston. And it's almost like, look, I'm not going to say Guy Lafleur by any means. And Moji all. Don't even put them together in the same yeah, sentence. I'm not going to say Never that. Moji deal. What are you, yeah. what are you don't, don't put God's yeah. name in vain here. The, the, the only man I would even put next to from the Bruins organization in terms of Guy Lafleur would be Bobby Orr. We know of that. Of course. Of course. Okay. But 
I'm going to say in terms of popular players, you, you pick the guy, you pick the analogy on the Canadians. If that guy had become the team president, I, I, I think I know where you might go with this in the past. It, it's almost like his name as a player holds weight too much. And we've seen that twice now with Cam Neely, where maybe the Jacobs are depending too much on what he did in the past as to what he's doing in the present. And I think it's time that he faces the music. I think it's time he really answers questions about where the direction of this franchise is going. And I'm going to get a lot of hell in Boston. I already have for saying that. And I'm sure number eight's not going to be happening with either. But I think right now he is the issue with the Bruins because he's keeping them and they're going to go into it right now is that sort of mediocre uh, purgatory that just good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to make the playoffs stage that the Bruins were in for so many years under Harry Sinden, who just happened to be his mentor. This is what they should do. Not that I want to give the Boston Bruins some advice. Okay. I've seen this movie before. You know who I saw it with? I saw it with the Pittsburgh Penguins and I saw it with the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. Yes. You have a time when you're good. You're real good. You're good for a, a long time. You win Stanley Cups. You go to the finals, this, that, whatever, and all that stuff. Okay. At one point, you have to make the decision to rebuild because you just cannot stay on top for longer than that. You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning at one point, I know it's hard to believe right now, but at one point they're going to have to start to rebuild. It's not now. It'll probably be a couple of years from now. Every team goes through it. It's a cycle, right, where you're good. You're going to be good for X amount of time, and when that window is up, you kind of like have to start over again. If the Boston Bruins just play it out and just try to be good enough to get into the playoffs – the way the Penguins were, what's going to happen is they're going to lose in the playoffs and they're not going to go far. They're going to lose and they won't go far. They're going to lose and they won't go far or they won't make the playoffs. You trade your stars now or uh, you just kind of revamp it and make it younger. And that's what the Boston Bruins should do. If they're just going to try and squeak into the playoffs and just try and be good enough, teams that are just good enough, they don't end up winning the cup. You play to win the cup. You don't play for anything else. I agree, Tony. And, and you know what? You guys have a guy right now that's in charge of the Montreal Canadiens uh, named Jeff Gordon that just happened to be in the Boston Bruins organization at one point. What he did with the New York Rangers was a perfect example of what you're talking about right Fantastic. now. I think that's yeah. where the Bruins need to go. Yeah, They need to stop living on the past. They need to – look, I, I know for a fact that they listen to input from Krejci, who's not even on the team right now. They listen to input from people that were part of that – team that we discussed in 2013 or going back to 2011, it, it needs to just move on. You need, you had a great run. There's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, okay, it's time to refresh and let's yeah. go forward. And I think right now it's, it's they're in that debate right now. Can we sell tickets? And obviously, you know, the problem is you had COVID and, and COVID affected yeah. every NHL team and it affected the economy. And I know no fan out there is feeling sorry for millionaires and billionaires, but that is playing a role in management and ownership decisions. And I think that has trickled down into what we see right now with the Boston Bruins. Speaking of going on a great run, I do it at matrixhomefitness.ca. I do it in the comfort of my home because if I go outside, it's way too hot and I'm going to sweat too much. Bring it home. Discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. All right. So Bruce Cassidy, the Bruins fire him and it looks like everyone wants to hire him. Everyone's interested. Where does he end up in your opinion and why? You know what I think, Tony, the first instinct that came into my mind and just getting to know Bruce and what he said of this person is 
he reunites with a guy that he knew from his hometown of, I, I, I'm going to murder the pronunciation. I apologize. Nep, Nepian or Nepian, uh, Ontario. Nepian. Uh, Nepian. All right. Thank you. Right yeah. outside of Ontario. And that would be Stevie Y. Steve Eisenman, the general manager of Detroit Red Wings right now, is looking for a coach. And I think they would be a great mix from what I'm told. They've kept in touch. They're always good friends. They pick each other's brains. I think that'd be a great mix. But I also, from what I'm told, know that he is in more conversations right now with the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think that would be an interesting pair right there. And then you look at what happened on Sunday, Tony, and it kind of raised a little Cassidy red light there or a little bulb in my head was what happened with the Florida Panthers on Sunday where they fired their, their assistants except for Rutu. Yeah. Uh, there's been no word on what's going on with Andrew Brunette from what I'm told by sources with the Panthers. They have not had conversations for a few weeks now. Um, I would have thought when I saw that move that it was paving the way for a Brunette to then be hired and name his staff. But now on things I found out in the last few hours before I've talked with you is that, that's not so sure. I, I think the Panthers might have been in conversation with the Bruce Cassidy from everything I've discussed today with certain yeah. sources. And that would be an interesting combo as well. But look, the guy's got plenty of options open yeah. there. What I'm more interested to see is who the Bruins bring in as a new head coach. Yeah, and we'll get to that in just a second. I'm going to tell you this. If I'm Bruce Cassidy, I don't see him going to Florida, by the way. I think they're going to give uh, Andrew Burnett a shot to bring in his own assistant. So they're going to so. go forward with him. I would go to the Vegas Golden Knights where you have veterans, you have a window, you have players who are ready to win right away. He's never won a Stanley Cup. He wants to win one. I think you go there, you probably last three or four years, you win the Cup, you win the Cup. You don't win the Cup. By that time, Steve Eiserman's built a contender in Detroit in about four years from now, and you could probably go there then. That's what I would do if I was him. But then again, I'm not I'm with you too. Yeah. All right. Now, This is a tweet that you sent out. Let's take a look at it for those who are watching. And you can watch us, of course, on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. It's absolutely free. And I think it's the best Montreal Canadiens podcast around. But, uh, you know, I'm a little biased that way. Uh, NHL source, NHL Bruins looking at uh, coaches they hope can manage youth better. All right. And there's a picture of Jim Montgomery, who's one of the names that you bring up in your piece for Boston Hockey Now, and you can follow it on Twitter at BOS Hockey Now, and you can follow Jimmy Murphy, as you can see, at Murphy's Law 74. All right, okay, so besides Jim Montgomery, who are the Bruins looking at as coach? Well, one guy that's always been linked to Don Sweeney, I mean, we're even dating back to when Bruce Cassidy was named head coach, is Nate Lehman of Providence College. Uh, they have a great relationship uh, they, they, they've scouted together, just sat in the stands, watch a lot of hockey together. So that's a guy. And he's been on a lot of teams radar for a while. Now he won a national championship with Providence in 2015. Uh, and look, you know, another guy that I've been sort of tipped off might be in the mix. And it, it, I, I sense that he would be better as an assistant again, even though he's already had an assistant job, I just don't know if he's ready for a head coaching job in the NHL but he's killed it with the Windsor Spitfires. And that's former Boston Bruins player and center, Mark Savard. Uh, Cam Neely was very adamant about how much offense he wanted more into the Bruins lineup, into their game plan, into their system from their coach. Mark Savard would fit that bill, but I feel like he'd be more of a good power play specialist than a head coach at this point. It's funny you say this. It's funny you say this because you say Mark Savard, I think Marty St. Louis. 
um, skilled players, know how to run a power play, very, very fun. good hockey minds. They weren't the biggest players in the world, so they had to use their 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 hockey mind and their hockey brains to get by. Yeah. Unfortunately for Mark Savard, he got tagged a couple of times. Feel bad for him. His career was cut short prematurely because of concussions, very unfortunately. And, you know, if you would have said Marty St. Louis for the Montreal Canadiens a year ago, most people would have told you they would have thought he probably would have been a better power play consultant than a head coach. They wouldn't think he had the experience. That's a great point. Hughes and Jeff Gordon. I, 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 I'm in the habit of, I'm not just another pretty face, you know, I do make great points every now and then, but you know, Jeff, uh, <laughs> Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes deserve a lot of credit for taking a chance on Marty St. Louis, who I think proved that he's more than just a power play coach. He could be a head coach in the national hockey league. So anyway, all to say, you think Mark Savard, I think Marty St. Louis and Mark Savard may end up being a very good coach in the national hockey league one day, maybe for the Boston Bruins too. Yeah, I agree, Tony. And look, you make a great point there. The problem is, is I don't think that the the guys making the decisions. Yes, you're not a joke, my friend. You're not a joke. <laughs> I think that the guys making the decisions for the Boston Bruins right now and Cam Neely and Don Sweeney are a little more rigid, so to speak, than maybe yeah. Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon and not more in tune with uh, creativity, let's say, uh, than, than those guys are. And, and that's why I, I really think, you know, for Montreal Canadiens fans that we're speaking to right now, I think you guys are in great hands. I think yeah. good times are coming a lot sooner than you expect yeah. because they're open to ideas like that. And, and right now, I think that's what the Bruins need to do. But from what I'm told, they're looking at guys like that. And then, of course, the obvious choice that everyone's always discussed is Jay Leach, who was the head coach in Providence, uh, as of two years ago, but then went to Seattle as an assistant. Him and Don Sweeney are very tight, so that would make a lot of sense as well. I think Jim Montgomery would be a great candidate as well. He did a West real Allen good guy. job. With, he did a great job with uh, yep. with uh, the Dallas Stars. We all know what happened. He had to walk away due to personal reasons. Yes. He was able to rehabilitate himself. The St. Louis Blues gave him an opportunity as assistant coach, did real good work there, and he's on a short list from a lot of teams. Like A lot of teams would like to acquire the services of Jim Montgomery. Okay, a couple of more, and uh, one of which is, does David Pasternak want out of Boston? You know, I would say as of now, no. I I, I think that, you know... So where's they, this talk coming from? What is this? What, what, what does this stem from? Well, let me put it this way, okay, Tony? And I'm going to say this, and I know it seemed crazy from the outside, and it seemed like a silly rumor, but look, I, I don't like to give credit to my competition, the athletic here in Boston. Uh, but Fluto Shinzauer is one of the most respected writers in this Boston hockey writers community. And he's been on a job. He's worked for the athletic. He's worked for the Boston globe. And he was the one who started this story and said that, look, it, it, it's a good chance that David Posnack right now is looking at the situation that's going on with the Bruins, the coaching change, uh, the potential that Patrice Bergeron won't be back. The fact that Charlie McAvoy and Brad Martian are out until at least December, uh, the fact that Matt Grizzlick is out in, until at least November. Uh, things just changing, and obviously the Bruins are in a state of transition, whether that goes into a transition back to trying to compete for a playoff spot or it goes backwards and they rebuild or they retool. He has to be looking at and having some question marks, and I agree with Fluto. So I don't think it's as crazy as a lot of people have said. I think there's substance to it, and I think the fact that his agent came out immediately and denied it means that it has some, there's smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire. 
That's All right, what I so think if you were a betting on. man, will Pasternak be in a Boston Bruins uniform when next season starts, yes or no? I, I I can't tell you that because I think it depends on who they hire as coach and the direction they're taking. Are they retooling or are they going for the cup again? And maybe it all depends on Patrice Bergeron's future. So we'll end it with this. Does Patrice Bergeron retire at age 36, I believe? Does he return to the Boston Bruins? And if so, for how many seasons? Or does he join his former agent, Kent Hughes, in Montreal? Uh, let's just talk with the latter there. Look, I, I think it would be a great scenario. I pitched it a few times earlier even when the season was going on, I don't think at this point that's a likely scenario that he joins with Kent Hughes in Montreal. As for the Bruins, no, I I, I think Patrice Bergeron retires. I really do. I, I think that Patrice knows that he's done everything he can for this organization. He has nothing left to prove in the NHL. And, and look, you look at his life right now, Tony. He entered the NHL at 18. He's 36 years old. He has spent half his life in the NHL, traveling, getting beat up every night, you know, broken ribs, punctured lung, whatever he had in that 2013 Stanley Cup final. This guy has been through it all, and he, he's taken a beat, and he's done what he had to to be the epitome of a two-way player in the NHL and a yeah. leader. I, I think for him, based on what I'm hearing, he's going to move on, and he's just going to retire. And I think yeah. he ends up in management at some point. I, I can understand that having started to play soccer when I was age seven and I had to quit at age 17, two ingrown toenails. They were very painful, by the way. They had to pull them out and to speed it up with the healing process. You know what my doctor told me? Because they usually say to dip them in lukewarm water with Javel to disinfect them. You know what he told me, Jimmy? You know what he no, told I don't. me? He said, you want your ingrown toenails to cure right away and you be back on the field? I said, yes, I do. He said, go in the shower and pee on them. I said, I beg your pardon, Jimmy. They were cured 24 hours later. Wow. Pretty powerful pee, eh? Amazing. You, asked, you asked me about Nepean before. There's my Nepean story for you. And you know Jimmy what Murphy. I would have done, Tony? I would have yeah. drank an 86 red right there. <laughs> All right. It's uh, it's uh, 8.6. This one here, by the way, is a strong beer with 7.9 percent alcohol the next time you come to montreal i think you're going to be down for the draft huh sounds good my man we'll put Let's one do down you and i and i hope to see you at lacash sounds good follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and subscribe to our youtube channel i'm marinaro the bruins fired their coach is this a joke i'm out tell your friends about it this podcast is sick And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you.